In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Well, that's... that's all I got. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. It's the History Bros Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the History Bros, everybody. It is me, Jason Rude, joined by Jason Hatfield and Brian Geldmacher, three social studies teachers here in the uh, United States of America, three different states, and we are going to bring you some amazing historical talk through the course of the next however long this runs. How are you two gentlemen doing? Amazing. Thank you. It's a little bit too much credit, but I appreciate where you're going. I I appreciate it. You know, it's the chutzpah that I really, really appreciate. (laughs) But factual, but I don't, I mean, it's. Yeah, I I really take offense to the word amazing. I don't know. Mediocre at best. I I didn't realize you got offended that easily. (laughs) It's it's maybe like (laughs) for the most passable show of talking about history. Oh, my Lord. Oh For the most okayest. <laughs> it's, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day. I was just kind of like, you know, you never go into the grocery store and it's always fresh produce. It's kind of like fresh produce. Yeah, but you got to dig a little bit. I mean, it's not like you know, they never... <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, it's a, like, that's a great example. <laughs> you know, have fresh produce, but at the beginning of it, well, there was when I got here this morning. I mean, right. it was like, you know. Hey, we had but, fresh produce. We we harvested the the tomatoes out of and the the the, the jalapeno pa, uh, uh, peppers out of the the garden the other day. Nice. You know, I we were growing some jalapenos here, but um, <laughs> the no, but seriously, I've got a a, a habanero uh, plant on our porch that we've been bringing in and out uh, oh, like during the winter time. Cool and. Um, and uh, you know, and so I use it to make like, um, hot sauce and stuff mm. like that, you will, but, as um, you would, but the jalapenos, for some reason the we got like a few plants and aphids just destroyed it. We Ew. could not keep the aphids off. They didn't oh. touch the habanero plant at all. <laughs> Too but, spicy uh, for them. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, but I think honestly, and, and now I'm no, you know, uh, bugologist, <laughs> But um, yes, let's go with that word. I'm sure that's what it, I'm sure it's science. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but there is a. Uh, but I think the the cilia or the hair that was on the um, the habanero plant maybe mm. prevented them from kind of crawling on that because there wasn't any on the jalapeno plant. So I don't know. Mm. But we just. I mean, we could not keep them off that thing. It was just is infuriating so we had some really good jalapenos this year and uh, the tomatoes were pretty good and uh, (laughs) i was (laughs) no i made some amazing things you'll have people from south of the border that will actually live in your area and we have we have people of hispanic (laughs) descent around here and that yeah i I know i know what's a jalapeno i just want to see if you catch it Mm. yep Okay. Well, it's caught. I've caught it. <laughs> okay. Good. I have caught it. Uh, today was my first day back in the building. How about you guys? Oh, that's right. Hatfield's not going back for nine months. At least not to the building. Uh, weeks. Nine, nine, nine weeks. weeks. Are you pregnant? Nine weeks. That's right. I, I am. I, well, 
Thanks for letting everybody know, but yes, I, I am expecting. I have a child. Um, a scientific miracle was pl- it was actually discovered by bugologists. So it's right, yep. all catch-all kind of discipline, really. Yep. But um, whatever works, man. No, works. I uh, we started teaching. We started classes on Monday. Um, wow. And so, but we're doing all online. Actually, well, some well. I mean, by the time this comes out, um, I mean, they, everybody already knows that Chapel Hill, they started off with, you know, meeting in class or meeting in person. And then they kept getting clusters of people testing positive for COVID. So they have finally decided to shut down and just go fully online from what I understand. The school, like the um, school or the college, like the, the public school. It's a university. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, so uh, yeah, it's Chapel Hill Community College. It's um, it's kind of like one of the offshoots of the university. No. Okay, sure, sure. Um, no, but they um, but they started uh, having all these infections, and so they're kind of shutting that down, and so that's kind of like the big thing. So um, Durham uh, Public Schools decided to uh, just go online, which you know we were totally jazzed about because i mean we got i mean like i said i teach in a title one so you've got kids that are going that are you know that live in multi-generational houses right and i know that they were saying that kids don't get it or kids don't spread it but there's been so many like in georgia they had what a few hundred kids at a camp that then tested positive so It just feels like, you know, we've been at this for a few months and we still don't really know what's going on. It's kind of, you know, (laughs) we put a man on the moon and we can't figure. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not a scientist. So I that's 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 wrong of me to be kind of like dodgy about. But um, because I am a big you know, I'm not an anti masker. I'm fully about, you know, the whole social distancing Mm -hmm. and being safe and all that kind of stuff. So I was excited about doing the, you know, from you know, teaching from home, Mm -hmm. but it's different than what we did at the end of last year. I am still Mm -hmm. trying to incorporate my Bitmoji classroom. Imagine that. (laughs) I would too. um, (laughs) But we are having, we're teaching uh, 45 minute classes via Zoom. So I'm teaching (laughs) an enrichment (laughs) class and four in-person classes and they're 45 minutes a piece. And, and your kids are um, spending all day sitting on Zoom? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Oh. I don't so know. Are you guys required to be... Uh, um, okay, so are you required to teach live or can you like pre-record and just be available for questions if needed? Um, well, we're going to, so we're teaching four days a week and on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, well, as we're recording this tomorrow will be, um, kind of like just a full of meetings and stuff okay. like that. So, um, to my understanding, cause I thought we were supposed to have synchronous and asynchronous days for <laughs> learning. Sure, sure. And, um, so I was thinking it would be kind of like similar where I would introduce something, but then I would give them a day of worksheets and reading and just their own, uh, whatever. But apparently as it stands right now, and this could probably change, but, um, we're supposed to be teaching them for 45 minutes. So, I mean, this is still the first week. So we're just going over preliminary stuff. I did a social contract today and, you know, introducing him to the Bitmoji thing and uh, this kind of stuff. 
So, uh, you know, we're still in the very early stages and there have been some hiccups. Mm. Um, kids are, you know, like they, they all come on and their screens are, you know, their cameras are off and they're all muted. <laughs> and, for, and for the most part, um, they've been really good. Um, they will just drop things into the chat box and then I'll say, oh, you know, that, that's an interesting point. Could you unmute yourself and let's discuss that. Let's bring that out. And the kid will will talk. And that's actually generated some things. And it's like the quietest my classroom's ever been. Nice. But um, but today, um, one of the classes, there were some kids maybe that weren't there yesterday. And so they were doing this whole thing like they were like turning their camera on and making funny faces and turning the camera off. And it was almost kind of like, and you're trying to get there to mute it, but it's like whack-a-mole because it's not the same (laughs) ones doing it. And um, so that's been a little frustrating, but I would say on the whole, um, you know, we were having some hiccups about technology and uh, the, the district's kind of program sort of crashed, I think due to the weight of the people trying to get online. Oh, fun. Um, but um, it's I mean, the second day was was a little better than the first. And I mean, this is just it's it's you know, we're making history right now. So it's not no one's ever really done this before for middle schoolers. I mean, at least in our area. So right. we're just, you know, right. we're ironing things out. We're you know sorting it out. And there's some, you know, hiccups, but we're adapting. I have a really amazing eighth grade team. So we're helping each other out with ideas and, hey, you know, you know, this could work and people saying, but like one of the teacher, two of the teachers, I think the kids came on and um, I don't know if they had had it so that they muted it all together. But um, most of you may be aware of this new song called W.A.P. And um, are you serious? Or are you kidding? You're no, kidding. I know what you're talking about. Okay, good. I don't. But so they're blaring it and they're yelling the lyrics, <laughs> and that. you know, and I haven't had that kind of problem at all. But apparently, a couple of the uh, teachers were like, "This is seriously, what are you guys doing?" And so, uh, yeah, I. So it's. I mean, it's it's been a change. Uh, obviously, I would prefer to be in the classroom. But um, that's just it's not an option right now. And I don't know if it would be something that we would necessarily feel safe doing. But um, so it's just it's been a lot of juggling. It's been a lot of learning. Uh, The new system that we're using has been uh, we're not using Google Classroom this year. So they changed it up on us and we've had to learn about that. So it's it's just been a whole lot for the beginning. Mm -hmm. But um, but, you know, this is it's my career. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, front desk at a hotel and I just don't care. You know, this is something that (laughs) I, you know, I, I, you know, I want to succeed. And this is, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, this is the path. This is the best option that we have. Of course, it's not, you know, some people want to go back to class or the parents want their kids to go back. And there's a lot to be said about that because you've got, you know, kids that are home. And the home environment isn't safe. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things right. that are going on. But I, I don't have answers to any of this kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to do the best I can with the decisions that are given to, given to me. So There you go. But um, Well, if you want to go back uh, to school in person, come to Iowa. That's what we're doing. So you're I'm in my, person. My and, in person as well. Geldmacher's. Okay, so when, do you, when is your first day, Geldmacher? 
Uh, if you're listening to this, what would be what Wednesday? Uh, that would be today. So uh, today will have been the first day we have students in the classroom. Um, so it's going to be in, but it's in person though. Yeah. Well, uh, parents have the option of either sending their kids to school with masks all day or keeping them home and doing a virtual option, which okay. we are also doing. So uh, cameras, you know, webcams set up in the classroom, uh, you know, live teaching, if you will, for however long and then time to work on whatever we assign. And, and, uh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Webcam, webcams in the classroom. Yeah. We have, I have a webcam in my classroom that shows about 90% of my whiteboard. Um, uh, and I, yeah. Oh, so it's aimed. Okay. Cause I was yeah. like, wait a minute. No, not aimed at illegal. the room. It would, well, they've, okay. I mean, our, parents have signed consent forms to just in case their children do appear on video but no it's 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 my pretty face and uh um you know they're they're our virtual students follow the same schedule as the in-person students and um the joy of teaching in a little bit smaller private school is that i don't don't have those uh same issues that you were speaking of um we employ a little bit of uh I'm not disciplinary and tactics to, sounds bad, uh, but we have what's like, like a behavior tracking. Basically, you know, you do something you shouldn't be doing. You get a mark on the sheet and it goes, you know, throughout the day. If you get more than one, it's a problem. If, you know, you know, how but you're, just, yours is a, yours is a Catholic. Uh, we're, I'm going to, I'm at a Lutheran school. Lutheran school. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I just figured they would march in nuns and just slap you on the wrist. No, 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 no. That's what I grew up in. That's what, you know, what I would have expected, but not, not so much. Okay. Uh, but no, it's uh we, we, we did two weeks of like morning meetings trying to get everybody ready and, you know, ample time to work in the classroom. It, it just, it, <clears throat> you know, all the same stuff everybody else is going through. It just all feels uh, very, I feel so unprepared, even though, you know, we're would have been starting today. I feel so completely unprepared. Um, Why? Why do you just, feel just because it just, well, I mean, I've, you know, I've never had a, a camera on me during class. It's weird. I don't know exactly how to, you know, you know, what happens if something goes wrong, then what do I do? Then we're, you know, everybody's at a stopping point. So it's just it's a lot of unknowns. It's just a lot of, you know, just a, it's going to be interesting. That's all. Well, I am curious about both of you guys in terms of what sort of um, safety measures they're taking at your school since you're both in person. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what are they doing? Like, are, do you have like the plexiglass barriers, or I mean, that kind of stuff? Or um, I only have, I only have uh, with the virtual students out of the room. I only have <clears throat> nine kids in the room. Uh, so those nine kids will stay in that classroom for most of the day, aside from breaks and uh, working like an outdoor time and, and lunch. Uh, the teachers will move. Everybody's wearing masks um, during the break times and the recess and the lunch times. The uh, desks and surfaces will be um, sanitized. So you're getting the rooms cleaned three, four, five times a day. Um you know, a surface touching, you know, any desk or chair, um, you know, windowsills, doorknobs, things like that. So, um, so that, again, that's happening every day. Uh, we have a scheduled trips to the bathroom so that the bathrooms can be cleaned more than, you know, again, like three, four times a day. So it's, uh, they're, we've, they've ordered air purifiers, uh, like medical grade air purifiers for each classroom. Um, 
So that is that's a few of the things that we're doing. So, mm. rude. What about you? Uh, kids do not leave their classroom. You wear a mask coming into the building. If you can socially distance them in the classroom, they can take their masks off, which most of us are going to be able to do that. Um, teachers rotate. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got. Oh, so the teachers are rotating. The yeah. kids don't. Oh, okay. Same, yeah, yeah. Same for us. Yep. Okay. okay. Um, the uh, we just got no. We've got two sets of cleaners. One's a alcohol-based one from one of our local ethanol plants. We were able to put some stuff together with that, and that's like a two-minute nice. kill time. And then we've got some other stuff that is a ten-minute kill time um, that'll just take everything out. I think it is, or maybe it's the other way around. Whatever it is, but anyway, um, uh, we have to wipe the tables down pretty much. I can't remember how often it is. And then we also built in hand washing time into the schedule. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of, oh yeah. I did find out we can basically now tell the kids if you're in class, you'll, you know, if you can't, basically the, the, the word is if you can't socially distance, you need to put a mask on. Okay. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be different, but that's what it is. Yeah, certainly, certainly at that. So um, yeah. I just, you know, it's this is what we're having to deal with. And, you know, we have to try and be as resourceful as we can and, mm-hmm. you know, try to still get that instruction in. I was telling the kids today, you know, they're, you know, I'm like, I have to teach you 20,000 years. And I only have 45 minutes a day and four <laughs> days a week. So, I mean, so there's, we're not going to be able to cover everything, but there's going to be a great deal that, you know, we'll need to do. And again, it's like, there's going, regardless of whatever decision somebody made, it's going to, it's going to upset somebody. Oh, sure. And you, you can't, you're not going to have a, that's just any time of the year. I mean, regardless of pandemic, you're not going to please everyone. Yeah. And, you know, it's and whatever the decision is, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Right. Um, So, you know, but I do I think that this was the better choice of trying to do uh, distance learning uh, rather than in person, because I have I currently have 20 around 20. This is 20 some kids per class. And I don't think that I would have been able to do uh, six feet apart with that so um yeah that's tough that's really tough yeah mm-hmm. so. speaking of this week in history we should probably do that yes on <laughs> <Okay>. um <laughs> august 19th 1692 five women are hung in salem massachusetts just kidding it's hanged does anyone else get upset when someone says that someone was hung rather than hanged in- yes okay i'm glad it's not just me being judgy um <laughs> Hanged in Salem, Massachusetts, after being convicted of the crime of witchcraft. But how do you know she's a witch? <laughs> um, Fourteen more people are executed that year, and 150, 150 others are in prison. Now we talked about this one before, where one lucky gentleman was um, was uh, killed by being pressed with rocks. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. fun. Uh, so that was a hoot, hoot nanny. Yeah, uh, the Crucible, the book, the Crucible is that's what this is all about. That's oh, true. That's right. There was a very good episode of uh, Voyagers that covered this as well. If nobody knows, this is a Salem witch trials. 
You what? may have heard of that, yes. Wait, 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 oh, wait, no, no, hold on a second. Five women are hanged in Salem. The Salem witch trials happen in Salem, Massachusetts. You're kidding me. I am kidding you. Wait a minute. You're kidding. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Oh, there's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> oh, my no, Lord. That one. All right. Uh, on. You know, we. Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, it's your turn. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. August 21st, 1858, the first of a series of debates begins between Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas. Douglas goes on to win the Senate seat in November, but Lincoln gains national visibility for the first time. <sighs> Spoiler alert, I'm not even there yet in my nerdathon. Oh, we so haven't sorry. talked about the nerdathon in a long time. Dino yeah, I'm uh, actually body. reading uh, So Far From God, which is about the Mexican American War. Okay. Um, so I'm at that point now, but I'm also juggling the Prophet of Freedom, Abraham Lincoln biography, and just a whole bunch of stuff. But um, so yeah, so now I know that Lincoln doesn't, you know, win that great. <laughs> That's okay. What's next? You're gonna spoil the Civil War for me? Um, th um they use flags. I mean, I'm in the South. <laughs> We're already spoiled about it. So. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. So I, uh, I got, on I got, August eighteenth, <laughs> what? I got nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> August eighteenth, nineteen twenty, Tennessee becomes the thirty-sixth state to ratify the nineteenth amendment, granting women's suffrage, completing the three quarters necessary to put the amendment into effect. Do you know what the era? Um, I just found out about this the other day. The era prior to the 19th Amendment is known as? The pre-women's suffrage era? Well, the good old days. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Listen, no, all of no. our... Is that too soon? Too soon? Oh, all of our good back. friends in Sacramento are going to kick you right in the Sacramento. No, not Sacramento. Sacramento. In Oakland. All of our good friends in Oakland are going to kick you into Sacramento. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. Goodness gracious. Um, I wow. do actually, when we talk about, you know, voting rights and stuff like that in class, when I'll say, yeah, I'll be, you know, I, I'll throw that out there just to see how angry the girls in the class get. Or who's and, paying attention. Yeah. Or usually not many people are seeing to pay attention. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always like, why am I trying to be a jerk if I'm not going to get that payback of hate? From, you know? <laughs> Like, what am I That's doing fair. this for my health? No, no, I'm trying to get you guys. I'm a little brother, so yeah, my job is to poke and poke and poke. There you go. He'll not never not poke the bear. That's true. August 8th, 1939, the film The Wizard of Oz opens in New York City. New York City, get a rope. <laughs> get, a, oh, get, boy. A, get a rope is the 18th. Yeah. You missed the number there. Oh. Did I say what did I? What? said the eighth. That's okay. It's fine. Oh, uh, did I say eighth? No, 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 no someone get a rope. You know that from that El, yeah, what, the, old El Paso. Yeah, it's also salsa. commercial. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fair New enough. New York City. Oh yeah. Well, leave it to the actor to want to do something about a movie. Speaking of acting, we'll get to that in a minute. Continue. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. boy! No, seriously, no. I just, though. I just, I, I started um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, I used to do voice <laughs> acting 
for Japanese animation and stuff like that when I was in Wilmington. It's and we were like, well, we're home. You know, this is before school started up. And we're like, why not try to kind of get back into it? Because I got a lot of friends that do like novel reading, you know, like books sure. on tape. They try to record those. And so I was like, yeah, well, I give it a shot. So I, um, I started up a little kind of uh jason hatfield vo voiceover type thing and um so yeah i'm just trying to you know see if i can't get a little bit of work doing that because it's a lot of fun and like i've reached out to some video game companies and stuff because there's a lot of dialogue heavy stuff in there there you go so you know just you know trying to do a little bit of hustling because it was it was a lot of fun to do i had so much fun doing especially for anime god it was mm-hmm. it was a, it was a hoot so so yeah, so I'm trying to do that, but I've got a website up and been trying to do some stuff online, but um, you know, it's kind of slow going trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, and I also my recording studio has not changed. <laughs> I still move everything into my closet. <laughs> there I go. Nice. I can't go. say so. I'm surprised by that, I guess, but uh, Very well done, sir. Fair enough. You know, you got to so, do what you yeah. got to do. You, you got to do what you got to do. And that's what you got to do. It's so important that he said it three times. August 20th, 1974, (laughs) U.S. Vice President Gerald Ford, who had replaced Spiro Agnew, assumes the office of president after Nixon resigns. Ford names Nelson Rockefeller as his vice president. Why did Nixon resign? Because he was a crook. No, No, he said he's not a crook. There's a a whole speech about that. He's He's definitely a crook. Oh, I'm sorry to spoil. I'm sorry to spoil your uh, your nerdathon, but that's another. That's another Again? one. Again, get rid of I need to so stop sorry. doing this. What a, <laughs> what a guy! So sorry. What a guy! Um, Spoiler. Which, by the way, if you've gotten a chance to see the film Frost Nixon, I haven't. Um, Don't spoil which it. I th- which I think, if I'm correct, was written maybe maybe I'm wrong by the same guy who wrote The Crown. That's on uh, Netflix, oh, Vicky, same guy. But it's about, um, you know, Nixon resigns and then he's pardoned. And then it's like um, a lot of people feel like he's never going to face justice. So um, there's this um, Australian who um, wants to interview him. And it's the whole story about the interviews and, you know, people search for uh, justice and stuff like that. It's actually, it's, it's pretty good. It's not like car chases and explosions, but it's a, it's a really good, heavy, nice acting piece. So, so it's a thinker. Yes. Kind yes, of like 1917. Hmm. <laughs> it's a good film. It's uh, an amazing film. Some would say probably one of the best films. It's good, but it's, it's no national treasure. <laughs> August 19th, right, 2004, Googly, Google Inc. stock begins selling on the NASDAQ stock market with an initial price or an IPO of $85. The stock ended the day at $100.34 with more than 22 million shares traded. Today, today, the 18th of August, 2020, the share, uh, a single share, or it closed at $1,558. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a nice little investment if you were smart enough to get in on that. Yeah, no kidding. Please try again. Oh, well, there you go. What? Thanks. Thanks, Siri. 
Yeah, no, my I got a I got a smartwatch, and like every time someone tries to call my phone, it like it starts buzzing on my wrist, and I have it silenced. But now it's like all of a sudden I'm popular. Wow, Something this isn't even aired yet. <laughs> but you know, speaking of California, we've got uh, some some. We found out we've got some listeners out there. Yeah, where did that come from? If you're, in, I mean, North uh, yeah. Carolina was leading the pack for a really long time. And all of a sudden, Oakland, California became the hotspot, the epicenter, if you will, of the history bros. So if you are listening out there in Oakland, we see you. Not literally, but we see the the numbers coming back that you guys are listening. So thank you. Yeah, we, um, as of from, according to the stats that we have from August the 12th through today, there have been over 400 plays of um history bros episodes online so uh, that's awesome yeah that's i mean considering the fact that when we started off we thought oh this is probably going to last about five episodes and then we're gonna <laughs> be like so distracted with nickels and you know quarters and stuff like that but um <laughs> hey whatever happened to that nickel yeah whatever happened oh, to that it's, nickel? it's long since gone and you I spent the nickel well yeah well it's a nickel well Come it's, not on. A, it's not a wooden nickel. So, I mean, what am I going to... I never understood that. What, don't don't take any wooden nickels. I didn't understand what that... I'm anyone gonna, know where that came from, by the way? See, this is what I'm talking about. This is ADHD. So, I'm sure you're... I'm guessing Roger Justice probably knows where it comes from. So, I'm oh, guessing boy. reach out to Roger and he'll let us know. Sure. He, uh, which, by the way, you know, we usually try and ask people to give us feedback and stuff like that. <laughs> and Roger sure will give us notes about a <laughs> lot of things, but it's not hateful. I mean, the man just he's forgotten more about history than I probably will ever know, which is fantastic. Yeah. And so he's always I mean, seriously, he's one of the guys that kind of showed me how history can be um, a burden and a blessing. Because you cannot watch a historical movie with this man. Oh, uh, yeah. Because then it's like, oh, well, they got that wrong because they didn't have those kind of outfittings on, you know, these warships at this time. It's like, okay. So yeah, I'm I'm really close to ruining Hamilton for my wife because we're getting to that point. <laughs> I have yet to see Hamilton, so don't ruin it for me, please. You really, sh- it, it's so entertaining. It's so good. He, he dies at the end. <laughs> Cut it out. How? Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Wasn't he healthy? He's not gonna (laughs) He didn't social distance. That's the problem. Well he wasn't going to miss his shot, but then neither did the other guy. Oh well at least he took a shot. Spoiler alert. At least he took a shot anyway. Oh, uh, we got one more to go here. <laughs> well, he shot it in the air. He was trying to be like a didn't he? A cowboy? Didn't he like, like a like a medieval archer where you arc it? Is that what was he well, ahead of his time and was no like one shooting celebratory? Him of being the smartest guy in the room. I mean, come <laughs> on. Like. Was he was he ahead of his time and trying to celebrate like a cowboy or what? Now oh, when boy. we when we were at um the <laughs> Colonial Williamsburg Teacher Institute and we mm-hmm. went to Yorktown. Yep. We did see the redoubt that um, that Alexander Hamilton was in charge of taking. That's the true. Redoubt ten, sir. Uh, that is correct. And um, that's why I we, said it. Uh, we saw eight. We saw eight <laughs> and ten. Nine and ten. Nine and yeah, ten. Nine and ten. Nine, well, we saw half a nine. The other half's in the river. <laughs> that's correct. 
No, the other ten, yeah. the other half of ten is in the river. I thought. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what yeah, it we is. Learned, we learned a lot. Clearly. Yeah. All I know is I saw like cannon holes in the side of buildings. Yeah, that was cool. It was. Cool. That was that the whole that whole experience of go. I mean, I'd never been to Yorktown before, and that just you know nope. knowing wow, this was the you know power this, place, man. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was just yep. it was great. It was fantastic. Power awesome. place. Hey, one more August nineteenth night, uh, two thousand nineteen. Hmm. Three history teachers from three different states get online to form a collaborative podcast. It focuses on history, current events, teaching, and making fun of each other. This podcast will forever be known as The History Bros. That's right! Happy anniversary! Oh, boy. You, you going to talk like that the whole time? or No. We can, <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. Guys, it's been a year. Like, today. Like, the day that you're, the good people are listening to it, they get on it right away. Like, the, the overachievers are listening to it, like, the day it came out. Today's the day! Yes. Yeah, this is episode 48. Yes. We, we've done 48 episodes of this, man. Can you believe yes. that? That means we've only missed four weeks. That's correct. Correct. That's what's well, crazy yeah. about it. And last yeah. week was one of them, and this week was almost another one. I thought we were. I I was sure that we would take longer hiatuses, but we've we just, just had so much you know, fun. It's it's a hoot. But it's think hoot. Of, think about some of the the um, the. What are some of you, so? This is what I do want to do. What are some of your favorite moments that we've had? And I, I we can go back and I'll put together a cut up sometime. But I mean, when you think back <laughs> on some of your the favorite things that we've gotten into, at least on the air, because there's been some other stuff off the air too. What have been your favorite <laughs> moments? I mean, obviously, all the all the talk of of Colonial Williamsburg and and meeting you guys in the first place was amazing. But I mean, all cool things like, uh, I mean, the, I I I play the clip of the French and Indian War episode in my classroom. Oh, me too. You know, when we talk about Jamonville, that that is something that we t we do. Oh yeah, now. that's a thing. Hatfield so, tells that story for me too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a go to immediately. Um, but no, we I enjoyed talking as much as we got wrong. I enjoyed talking about D Day. I enjoyed talking about. Uh, um, uh, I mean, just there's there's so stinking many moments that I could choose. Goodness, somebody else talk. <laughs> yeah, I um, I mean, yeah, obviously reminiscing about our time at uh, Colonial Williamsburg, which again, if you're a teacher and there's not a pandemic, um, <laughs> Colonial Williamsburg Teacher Institute, <laughs> right, was was just really really fantastic. I mean, because it's just it's like it's not often that you get to have nerdy like inside jokes about history with people that also get it. Right. You yeah. know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like the whole uh, Hamilton, you know, sh some people be like, what was he talking about? And, and, right. I, but I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not poo pooing on those people because there's, there's a lot of things that I don't know about various, you know, bugology, for example. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's but entomology, no, I mean, so by the way. That was good. But yeah, obviously telling the story of uh, Jamonville, I obviously enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about the uh, the killing of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Also, <laughs> um, not that that's a funny story, but just it's like the the circumstances are like, how could? I mean, there's just no way. It was like you know, right, uh, right. 
They they set up an assassination attempt that failed, and Chance just happened to get this guy killed. I mean, had he not made that turn, the guy probably driving would have been struck by lightning, and they'd have gone into the <laughs> river and he'd have died that way or something. Right? Yeah. There was just no way he was going to make it through that day alive. He has right. like one big um, Final Destination, basically. Right. Seen right. the Final Destination movies? No, I haven't. But, but you know, some of the people that we've had on, oh, the um, guests have been fantastic. That was the, one thing I was going to bring up. Was the yeah. just a great guest. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Ford's Theater, and of course, you know, Monticello, and Brandon. Uh, yeah. So Brandon Lewis, not not Brandon Lewis. Uh, Brandon. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's a different guy. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon uh, from Monticello. Oh my gosh, Brandon. Al- Brandon Alex Wood Dillard. From, Brandon uh, Dillard. Wood from Ford's. Yes. Brandon Dillard. And uh, um, of course, oh, we uh, had Drew, Drew Gruber. From Civil War Trails. Drew Gruber. But we also have the listeners, though, too. Oh, the yeah. Listeners that, you know, Absolutely. The, there's Garen and Roger and, mm-hmm. um, and Mary Angela. Yep. We had, mm-hmm. you know, she came on. So, yeah, it's we've had a whole bunch. Yeah, of, we had a great conversation about Amelia Earhart, of all, of all people. What, you didn't think you could have a great conversation about Amelia Earhart or what? Well, my my wife and a friend of hers were like, I really wanted to learn more about Amelia Earhart. So I think we we might have to have have Mary Angela back on. So she seems to. We might have to revisit that. that. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, there's uh, been two of my favorites. First off, the first World War One, which was the French and Indian War, (laughs) because not only. Did we have a great talk about Jamonville? You guys tried to kill me. Uh, what was? <laughs> you guys remember that? How did we try to? Did we break you? That's the day we broke you. That's the day you broke me because that's when you brought up uh, the fact. Oh, it was when you explained to us about being in the closet. Oh, uh, <laughs> literally and being I, in the closet. Yes, as I am recording this episode. Oh, so yes, it's that one. I laughed I mean, so dang. I like. I needed extra blood pressure medication because of that one. Because <laughs> I laughed so dang hard. Well, where do you? You are well. You okay? So go. I, I don't. I don't have a, a nice rapey basement like Geldmacher has. Well, right. Or wow. Stuff. Wow. I don't record I mean, in the basement either. We can only be so blessed. <laughs> if, if we've ever, if we ever did one of these like uh, online with video, then you would know exactly. It was just kind of like it feels sure, like sure. it's 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 part radio station with Geldmacher and part you know put the lotion on its skin, you know, in that uh, sort of environment. I don't, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> My other favorite one, I'm sorry, I still love the whole Nazi airport and, and symbols <laughs> and conspiracy one. That one was just funny. <laughs> I laughed that so hard. I enjoyed that one, too. Oh, you know what? We I, Here we are talking to Jason Hatfield. One of the best episodes ever was the Hatfield-McCoy's episode. It was. I, it was, it was, uh, I was going to say that. I, I will not because it was I, – I, I just – why? You know, when we were talking about the Hatfield McCoy Dinner Theater, which um, <laughs> I know we don't swear on here, but if there's a lot of choice words that I would say to, uh, <laughs> to Jason Rude for uh, sending me pamphlets of that stuff, because he'll have family that goes to Gatlinburg, no, Pigeon Forge. I guess, is it Pigeon Forge? I don't it's even know where Pigeon it is. Forge, it's like they the same get, place. It's like 10 minutes from it. Yeah. Um, Gatlin, Gatlin Pigeon. And, um, <laughs> 
Pigeonberg. And like, so, you know, Jason will, he sent me an envelope from Geldmacher's address that had stuff in it. Yeah, yeah that's the thing that happened. This is what it's like having these two guys as friends. So, like, you know. Hey, you chose it. You allowed me in the circle. This is well, your fault. That's what this is. It's your fault. Oh, my <laughs> fault? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's Hatfield's choice. Okay, it, it's, it's my fault. fault. Okay, okay, okay. As long as you're not blaming me, that's really all I care at this point. I mean, you I'm know. gonna blame you too. I think we all yeah. have some semblance of, of blame to be to to be spread around. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i don't know i'm sorry but when we found uh, airports in the shape of of swastikas i just made, made i don't see that it does well that's because you're it's, blind it's, and it's a game changer it's a game changer if you don't see that you can't see <laughs> <laughs> you let's know, go look it up on wikipedia also you know, i feel like i'm arguing with a flat earther for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to the flat earther listeners that we've got no, out there i'm no. sure you're amazing people um, are we really protecting the, the the feelings of the flat earthers really we're doing that i i don't know you know we the answer to that is open yes. i don't know i got you know i just, just change the subject oh my lord <laughs> what uh, i'm uh, all i'm saying is that we found two airports that legitimately have some swasta shape to it. We're, st- we're still talking about this, are we? <laughs> well, we were at that time, and I'm going to do okay. it again. Awesome. You okay. know what? All I need right. a break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. As do I. As do I. <laughs> we'll be back with more History Bros after this. Talk to you later. <laughs> Oh, R.E.M. Singing us out of the break with a little end of the world as we know it. Or the end of the world, I guess. Uh, One of my favorite songs. That song was probably pretty new when, you know, Hatfield was going to school. Oh, goodness gracious. I don't know. Was it? It was popular. Ah, see, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. Hey, I just also wanted to point out that I did not forget our anniversary. Do what? I did not forget our anniversary like I usually forget my wife and my anniversary. I just want that to be known. Also, another anniversary. So are we special or not? I think so. I'm trying to figure that out. I also want to point out <laughs> um, that I'm remembering another anniversary, the anniversary of the birth of Brian Geldmacher. Happy birthday, Brian. You're older. Oh, thank you. You're not as old as Hatfield, but you're older now. Oh, no, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. Never right. gets old. Never gets old. No? And by never, I mean always. <laughs> I think you said the same thing about the Wikipedia line. Yeah, and now we're just now we're just digging that one up too because I guess we don't have anything else to talk about today. So let's oh, no, bring no. up the good old days. Well, yeah, that's that's I mean that's what you do on an anniversary show. If you remember, remember what? Oh, All right, exactly. So here's exactly. the deal: we are living uh, in a world that is definitely what's that? 
in a world. In a world. <laughs> you wear three pudgy history teachers, and then you would, yeah. Anyway, the point is, um, this, this time period, I think, will be studied at some point. But I'm curious to think about, when I start pondering, what is it that people are really going to study when they look back at 2020? Or if they do. So I think what we ought to do is make, and I'm going to call it a living primary source. I think we should ponder uh, what we think the people 50 years from now are going to be studying and, and what they should know contextually and all that stuff. So that's really where I want to start here. So I'm going to present this question to you. In 50 years, okay, what will really be the important issues that people study about 2020? 50 years from now. The creation of memes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, that's, that's, it's true though. People have made all kinds of memes because they've had so much spare time. But I mean, <laughs> I, I really think that there are so many impacts to like society in general, like, um, uh, people working from home, technology, uh, restaurants for crying out loud. I mean, we're watching a we're watching a movie the other day, and we're like we panic because it's like oh they're touching hands. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I think this is going to create a lot of. There's we're not going to come back out of this the same way. Probably not uh, that we were before. I don't I don't think we'll ever be uh, back to that point again. We we say that. And, and that you may be absolutely right. But here's the other thing I'm going to point out. There was a Spanish flu pandemic back in 18, or 1918. And up until this year, nobody really talked about it too much. Except for the history geeks. Right. So my question is, even though that is the big topic right now, will the virus itself actually be the big thing out of 2020 that we all look back on or i should say the next generation of social studies teachers are teaching about i think if 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 the coronavirus or covid19 or whatever you want to call it is one of those things that recurs every year like the flu like they like they think it might um i think you'll have people that draw back on this year uh a little bit more than if it's just one of these things that just comes and then eventually goes you know, over the course of however many months or years it might take. Right. Um, if it's something that sticks around and, and hits people every year, then yes, it'll, it'll clearly be one of those things people talk about for years. Um, the cynical side of me says, well, I mean, wait three, four, five, six months. No one's going to remember any of this. Clearly, I know that's not true, but the cynical side of me says that something else will happen that'll take people's attention. And like, you know, like the, the, people with the attention span of a you know i'm not even sure of a gnat we're gonna find something else shiny to to focus our attention on maybe you know but again that's me being super cynical so but i also didn't think that we'd be focused on this still at this point from where we started oh goodness no you're right you know no, so right. i mean there's a i think you know and, and and this is what happens if you go back and look at those first two weeks people for the most part to an extent i think more so than certainly now did actually say, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. We need to socially distance. And for that first week, we I think we started to do it. Now, obviously, it's become very politicized and very controversial. 
Well, it's interesting how people use history to kind of advance or promote whatever their the narrative that they want because it's like, you know, yep. This pandemic was starting once it was declared a pandemic and then you had one side that's like, "Oh my god, this is horrible," and another side is, you know, saying, "Well, you know, more people die of the flu every year." Mm-hmm. Um and it's like, "Well, okay, Look at you attacking the media. Wow." How dare you? Oh, it's no, it's not. The, it's not just the media I'm attacking. There's been a lot of a lot of high school friends on Facebook that I've been defending. <laughs> no, but um, or it's like, well, you know, um, you know, even Trump himself had said, you know, more people died, you know, under the swine flu during the Obama administration, which by the time he tweeted that, we had far surpassed. Oh, sure, right. Number. But it's like, you know, so people are like. Some people will try and say, well, this happened. So what what happened during that time that we can be wary of? And other people will use it as like, uh, oh, well, there are other things in history that were worse. Right. So, I mean, it's been an interesting to kind of see how people have, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, reacted to that. Well, and here's the other thing I'm going to say about that particular issue. For us to compare... Case, case numbers or deaths against any other epidemic or pandemic at this point is really moot because all these other pandemics, or epidemics at least, like swine flu, H1N1, well, I guess it's the same thing, uh, bird flu, any of that stuff, you did mm-hmm. not see the same type of restrictions put in place. Okay, so what I mean by that is, okay, H1N1 swine flu in the United States killed so many people. Okay, that's fine. What happens if there were no restrictions put in place with uh, the current COVID-19? Yeah, it's a really odd, um, it's an odd debate because uh, then it immediately gets uh, intertwined with like the voting thing and, right. um, you know, all these other little aspects. But it's a, it's a valid question though. I mean, what would we what would this look like had we just said you know do what you feel right do what you want i right. mean that's what we've done every other time uh sort of i mean you know there's been i'm sure there's been like in 1918 i know there were mask debates back then too sure um but what would have happened had we said eh, figure it out right. good luck well right and, and that's why i say it's not a direct comparison because no. of what has been put in place sure you know um so I mean that that's the one thing you, you you have to consider when you start trying to compare the the case, again the case numbers and the number of deaths. Um, who knows, you know? But uh, I well, think- you well you you have a lot of people that are um, you know I'm a big believer in when I and I've I've thought about this a lot, especially so, since uh, September 11th, that we never seem to be pulled together unless we have a common enemy. Oh, yeah. And I thought that the fear of this would generate, like, together, like, people helping each other. And I think for a hot minute it did. But then it felt like people just got tired. And a lot of people were frustrated because, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs. You know, places had to close down because you couldn't, you know, meet there and all this kind of stuff. And. I mean, there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of uh, unknown. And here we are now in August and there's still a lot that, you know, we're we're not 100 percent sure of and things that are taking place. And so it's like there's a weird kind of 
Well, let's. I'm just going to push this aside and, you know, I'm just going to live my life because it's probably not that bad or I don't know. And because I know people who have personally gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, my yeah. cousin had it. Uh, she was actually, I think, in Spain or Portugal and she got it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and some people have no symptoms. She had like, she couldn't smell anything or taste anything. This is before she even knew that that was a possibility that that was even a symptom. Um, I don't, and she got really, really tired, but she didn't have any aches or anything like that. So some people, you know, how it affects them. Some people don't even know that they had it. Some people have mild effects. Some people will like that one guy that was the Broadway actor. I mean, they had to amputate one of his legs and it destroyed his lung and just destroyed this man altogether. And that's where the fear lies with me. But a lot of people are like, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to I just, you know, I'm going to go and do whatever it is I want to do because this is America. And I it's it's been shocking to me to kind of see how the concept of rugged individualism has, you know, really pulled to the front of what's bad, you know, what's good for the many or, you know, the way the needs of the, uh, the many outweigh the needs of the one. Um, that kind of thing, but, um, it's just, and when it, when it became, when it started to become politicized, you know, that was, you know, that was, I think the death knell for a lot of, you know, people in the country where it was like, oh, you're going to accuse us of it. Well, you guys are probably really the ones that did it. Next thing you know, it's, it becomes like, oh, well, it's a game and we have to win this game. And it's like, dude, over 170,000 people have died of this now. That's what, two uh, Vietnam, you know, conflicts for the United yep. States? I yep. mean, and this, we haven't even had it a year. Right. Right. And that's just, that that scares, I mean, and I, I want, I've got restaurants that I want to go back to. I've got <laughs> right. friends that work in restaurants that I want them to go back to work. Right. And I mean, like my wife and I, one of the big things that we like to do, we used to go to this place in town uh, that sold oysters. And um, you know, how very, how very posh. <laughs> but, um, you know. But it was, you know, and it was something that we enjoyed doing occasionally. And it was a little expensive, but, you know, we were married and we don't have kids. And so we go and, and kind of do this. And then we had a huge explosion a little over a year ago. A gas explosion killed a couple people in downtown Durham. And it had to shut down because the building was not necessarily condemned, but there were possible structural issues sure. with it. They finally get it back up and running. And a couple of weeks later, then everything gets shut down because of the pandemic. Right. Um, and and it's caused us, we're like, okay, well, you know, we can't do this. We can't do that. Well, then there was a company downtown uh, that started selling oysters um, unshucked um, for, you know, a, a buck and a half a piece or something like that. And you yeah. could get like a couple dozen, but then you had to learn how to come home and shuck them yourself and do all that kind of stuff. But it's all of a sudden it's like, we're okay. We've now started to go back into that, but now we're doing it at home again. And I kind <laughs> of, and, and, or a home for the first time. And it was kind of a weird transition 
And I don't know, there's something, it just kind of popped into my head. It's kind of like we've become too, we've become so dependent on, you know, restaurants and grocery stores and that kind of stuff. I feel like this kind of forced us to kind of learn new trades or to retreat and kind of reapproach how we live life every single day. Hmm. Um, I mean, like the, I never thought I would order groceries online. <laughs> right. And I, I don't think I'll do that anymore. Cause that was, that was ridiculous, but at least we're starting to now get toilet paper back. Starting. We've got really? all kinds of toilet paper. Yeah. here. We've had, Really? No, not here. No. Brother, wow. You're living in the wrong places, brother. Yep. You uh, need to move by us. For one, you well, can hang I was out looking at us. this one house. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know. There was a, for those of you who obviously don't know what we're talking about, there Which was is a, everybody but the three of us. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was a house that was uh, being uh, passed around, not passed around, but information uh, on social media. And it was about a house in Missouri. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, you know, for $350,000 and it was this gorgeous, like three story home. Um, and then all of a sudden there's this one door in the kitchen or something that yep, yep. you open up and there's like an iron door that has like a little <laughs> peephole and then it yeah, opens a- up and then they go <laughs> into a prison and it's like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a legit it was, prison. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was apparently a home, um, that would be lived in by the sheriff. And oh, yeah. I guess it was like, um, uh, that's yeah. the, typical in the Midwest though. It was the, it was the, uh, that County's sheriff department and jail. That, that is very like the, the home doesn't exist here anymore, but I can see the jail from where I'm sitting right now. And there used there to go. be a home attached to it. I had a good friend, uh, who used to live there cause his dad was a sheriff. I got a great yeah, story I mean, about my parents there too. But. The house you're talking about, it's a, I mean, again, beautiful brick, three story, uh, built. I just looked it up, built in 1875. So just gorgeous. Um, but yeah, there's just a, just a jail attached to it. No big deal. Well, I kind of <laughs> figure, you know, if your kids don't eat the vegetables, you know, then right. they'll be like, okay, well, you're spending the night in there. Yeah. In solitary. <laughs> in solitary. But here's the thing 2020. Yeah, we can talk about the the uh, the pandemic, and I, I would imagine it probably will end up being talked about for a long time. But it may, in the long term, in the grand scheme of everything, it may not be the biggest story or have the longest lasting effect. Let's keep in mind uh, things you go all the way back. Uh, is it Suleimani from Iran? Yeah, he was yeah, killed yeah, on yeah. January 3rd. <clears throat> that was a big deal. But Soleimani being killed versus a global pandemic. And then let's go on from there. Iran launches missiles at two Iraqi bases. Yep. And the president comes out and says, I mean, we were on the brink of war with Mm -hmm. Iran at the very beginning of this year. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that that right now that that's the bigger deal. It's not. But what I am saying is that some of these things that 
have been overshadowed because of the pandemic. And let's face it, mm. it's because what is annoying me in the United States as a person who's living here, what annoys me more right now? It's the pandemic and everything that's gone on to shut down the economy. But what in the long term is going to have a longer lasting effect? It could be the U.S.-Iran relations. Let's also remember there was an impeachment trial at the beginning of this year. Right. You know? You know, okay, wow, wow. Okay, I'm having like a nerd revelation on so many different levels. Okay, Is so. Is it because Rude finally um, said something intelligent? No, 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 no. It's just, you know, you're bringing up a, you know, situation about how countries were, you know, almost at war and then this kind of stuff happened. Um, it kind of brings to mind The Watchmen. Yep. Where, not not the series, which was amazing, by the way. But um, the con- the graphic novel where, um, for those of you who aren't aware, it was uh, uh, this graphic novel um, written by Alan Moore. Um, and it's basically the United States. It takes place in the 1980s and um, the U.S. And, and it's like an alternate reality. But the United States and the Soviet Union are just inching towards uh global annihilation like nuclear warheads we're going to go to war with them mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden this huge alien just appears and kills <laughs> millions of people like it just it appears it's a big dead squid essentially <laughs> and it kills so many people and all of a sudden it's like oh my god we're being attacked by uh by aliens and Everybody says, "Oh, that's not it. We we need to protect ourselves." And it it avert world war does not happen because of this. Again, it's that whole we have a common enemy, and so Mm. let's you know uh, work together. Well, come to find out that the alien was an elaborate ruse to try and fool the world. But and there's a whole lot of of playing with, um, uh, what do you with uh with with ethics. Um, uh, that kind of stuff because it would, you know, millions of people were going to die because of this basically a practical joke, Mm -hmm. but it would save so many more people. Right. Hmm. And I kind of feel like, you know, the pandemic probably could have prevented certain wars from happening. It's very possible. In that, in that way. And now I'm not saying that the, I'm not going along the conspiracy theories, but well, you know, China made this in a lab and they sent it off. Yeah, no, no, but it's, but yeah, but I mean, it, it changed our focus on a lot of things, I think. And oh, yeah. that could have actually, you know, I don't know. That's I just, mean, that just popped hmm. into my head. So let's um, face it. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced their plans to step back from their role as royals. Mm. And, and that was all this is all occurred in July 8th or January 8th. Those three major things I talked about had all occurred by that. Well, I take that back. Um, the uh, the um, oh, the impeachment proceedings were throughout January at this point. But um, but yeah, I, you know, Kobe you know, Bryant died. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, can we just do the whole? Let's backtrack to the whole royal thing. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I don't understand why that is such news uh, of such newsworthiness in the United States. Do you know why? I, I'll tell you why. It's it's um, 
there is a segment of the population in the United States and probably around the world too, I'd imagine. Who are still Tory? Well, get them out of here. Right. Uh, first boat out. Um, no, it's uh, it's very much the uh, it's very much that TMZ ish kind of attitude there. It's I mean, what what is more celebrity than royalty? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's needing to know what the royals are doing. I mean, needing to know what's going on in their lives. It's um, I, I, I my wife is kind of that way. I call her a royalite, if you will. Where mm-hmm. she's got it, you know, she's very up on like you know Diana and the whole history and the and the whole thing. Um, I think there's a segment of the population around the world that is like that, even though they have no connection to the country or the kingdom or or whoever. You know, it's just like watching TMZ. You're like, why, why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting, interesting yeah. point. You know, I plus mean, watching the crown has given me a, a new perspective on, on right. what to that stuff. So, I told you it would. Yes, we we've already discussed that. <laughs> Sorry. You know, um, I mean it, it it but it continues. You know, obviously, uh, all kinds of things happen through the course of. I mean, the the murder hornets, which turned out to be I don't know. I've never I haven't seen one yet, but you know. Yeah, no, that was like a like a, like the worst mid season replacement. There was a, there was a running <laughs> joke about the script writers for 2020 and how the murder hornets were like a terrible mid season replacement for an actor that got sick and died or something like that. Right, um, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like yeah, you guys probably should have ended this season last season. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you know we're kind of once this is over. I just there's going to be such a need for mental health professionals, I think, when this is all done. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, you know, people. I mean, I wasn't so much of a germaphobe before this happened. And now it's just kind of like I, I feel like, you know, I'm having to wash my hands like 57 times a day. And Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more aware of that type of stuff. I don't I wouldn't consider myself a germaphobe just yet, but I'm definitely more aware far more than I than I was. But so. he, here's the next thing. May 25th, George Floyd is killed by the officer in, in Minneapolis. Sure. And obviously that's had a long, long, large reaching effect. And that was another one where in the first opening days of that, everyone says, oh, this is not good. And now all of a sudden we've backed off and taken sides and, you know, um, it's gotten very, very politicized. And not to toot our own horns because – we would never do that. But the series of episodes that we did um, where we just kind of hashed things out, uh, I guess it was over the course of two or three episodes was, was fantastic. Yeah. And thank well, you gentlemen I mean, for that, that sort of discourse. Yeah. I mean the, what are you talking about for like the beginning of the pandemic? No, when we were talking or about the, all the racial where tensions. Where we did uh, the well, whole with political the, with the scope and with stuff, the riots yeah. and the, and, and the pandemic worked in there too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such an odd. Was it? I saw someone say that was it. It was this was 2020, written by Stephen King, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like, but um, yeah, it's just so much. And of course, you know, now that's also feeding into you know the upcoming election and mm. you know voting, you know, through ballots and. 
I'm just I'm kind of sick of politics right now. I'm just yeah. really kind of yeah. sick of politics. Right. But- politics has led us to be in such a I mean and I'm not talking about one side versus another. I'm not one ideology over another. But it's created such a divisive nature in this country right now that, you know, it's like, well, you know, this happened, but, you know, it, it's it's your guys's fault. It's not ours or, you know, vice versa. And it mm-hmm. and it's like, why does everything why does it always have to be about sports? Right. You know, right. it's not our yeah. team versus your team or our team's better than your team. But, you know, there's some nasty stuff going on and we all need each other to pull ourselves through it. Yep. But, you know, I, you know, I got rights. I don't need to wear this mask and, you know, just, you know, uh, well, there's, there's even so far as there's a division between how we should help each other through it. You know, there's, we can't even agree on that. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, and that's why I say it's yes. We're talking about uh, from a current event standpoint, but again, I look at all these things that have happened this year, and I wonder where the pandemic itself will actually rank. Now, that said, here's what I think, where I think it's going to have to be understood. Um, I think this pandemic has created a culture in which everybody is a little bit more on edge than normal. Not that we weren't edgy to begin with. Um, But, I mean, people have had more time to sit around and think about things because there's not necessarily been a lot to do. They've had, um, you know, uh, all kinds of different. I mean, it just it's created a lot of, uh, of situations. It's created, the, the, you know, the edginess of not being able to go out and do what I normally want to do. So now I'm just I'm already in a cantankerous mood, so to speak, because uh, <laughs> I can't do what I want to do. Um, so I think, honestly, I think this pandemic is for, uh, for me. It's the con. It's not the story. It's the context to the other stories. When I look at 2020 and what I mean by that is, yes, this pandemic thing happened, but at the end of the day, it's the mood that's being created by this pandemic, uh, coupled with all of the other triggers that have happened that created the situation that we've got here. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And you can probably even think bigger picture because I, I mean, we we've talked about this. There's, uh, it, it even plays into the, uh, the, I mean, we talked about the divisions, but it, it even plays into the distrust of information, which we've talked about on several occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, even that plays into it, you know, Oh, well I heard that masks aren't, you know, and they really haven't helped themselves either. I mean, the WHO and the CDC are, are all over the place and continue to be kind mm-hmm. of all over the place on what helps, what doesn't help. Um, this works, this doesn't work. You know, we've gone back and forth, two-year-olds should wear it, no nine-year-olds should wear masks. Um, so I think that, I think what you're saying, I think what you're saying is that of all of the things that we've experienced over the last, you know, five, even 10 years, um, this, as this pandemic has acted as an amplifier for all of that. Yes. I, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, yeah, the, the pandemic is what it is. But it's all the things that have happened within the environment of of that, yes. And so, it, it, you know, we've had the, the creation of mistrust, um, you know, politically, I think. Uh, we've had the, 
you know, and all, all, we've had all those things. Yeah. And, and, and so now you couple it with the fact that we can't do what we want and new arguments and frustrations about losing out on this and losing out on that and right. people having to cancel weddings and move their weddings and, and people who, you know, have a, a loved one die and can't even have a funeral and try to right. grieve it the way that, that you normally would. Um, you know, and that honestly, when I talk about wanting this to be a living document that hopefully somebody 50 years from now will stumble across and say, Hmm, that's what it was really like. You know, those are the things that people forget about. We can't have a funeral right now. Right. Well, now we can, but there was a time where you couldn't even have a funeral because it wasn't quote unquote safe and, and, and probably wasn't safe to do so. You well, know, let, let me speak to that for just a moment, because um, one of the reasons why we kind of skipped a weekend um, was because uh, an uncle of mine um, had Sorry, diagnosed man. with, with uh, well, he had been diagnosed with uh, it just it kind of it was a perfect storm of things. He had uh, ultimately pancreatic cancer, but I think he had cancer in his lungs and his liver. And mm -hmm. um, it started off uh, like a prostate cancer kind of thing. But in order to do the surgery, they needed to kind of get his allergies in order and whatnot um, because of the position that your body has to lay in order to have the surgery. Well, once they got his allergies in order, then he had cancer all over. Sure. And um, then his liver and his kidneys started to shut down. And right. then you're in this position where, well, he can't he's not a candidate for a donor because he has cancer, but they can't right. do cancer treatments because his liver and his kidneys are shutting down. So. Mm -hmm. Um, so he, he died last week and he was only 58 mm. and, um, just, he was an amazing Paul Wilson. He was just an absolutely amazing uncle, um, gave me my kiss destroyer album and whatnot. <laughs> um, uh, it was his album that he gave to me, but, um, we had, uh, he lived in Camden, South Carolina and, uh, we went on Sunday, yeah, we went on Sunday for his funeral, mm -hmm. and it was only uh, there was less than sixteen people there. Mm -hmm. uh, we did it outside, um, underneath a little tent, and then we went into uh, the church, watched a little like memorial video, and then they had a drive-through condolence. Oh my goodness. So they were, the family was sitting outside in some chairs and, you know, wearing masks and people like got into like almost like a carpool line and drove through and like, you know, said, I'm sorry and said some things and whatever. And then they drove out and it was like that. And how very, how very awkward it was. It was it was. But the thing is, is that you wind up seeing like, you know, two or three cars that are there and it's like, God, this is really weird. But next thing you know, the line of cars is stretching out of the parking lot. Oh, cool. And more and more people, you know, are driving up. And it was a testament to his character. But it mm -hmm. was just, <sighs> there are so many things that we will, so many bad things and yet so many good things that we are experiencing in this time. Not being able to get closure when people are dying in the hospital right, and you right. can't be there with them. Um, he actually chose to come home and he died at home. Oh. Um, but you know, 
this not having you know a, a funeral to 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 i guess adequately honor this person's memory sure. that's one thing on the flip side you know my wife is working from home i was working from home you know and then over the summer obviously we're out but and we had time together with our dog that we will never have again mm-hmm. yeah I mean, having that kind of both working from home sort of thing um, and, of course, not fighting. You know, there was obviously a lot of um, uh, divorce rates, I think, started going. (laughs) But I mean, it's but the thing is, is that there's it's a very weird change where there is a lot of horrible things that are taking place in the world. uh, A lot of things that are negatively impacting people financially and emotionally. And then on the flip side, there's been opportunities where, you know, and I, I've said this before, I think that we're incredibly lucky to have been able to keep our jobs mm-hmm. in the midst of all this, that we've been able to work from home. But um, but having those opportunities where it's like we're never going to, you know, like she would be working and I'd be working and then we'd be able to like sit down on our porch and, uh, you know, break for lunch together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's been a really intense bonding opportunity for the two of us that I feel that not a lot of people have had. And I'm, you know, and I'm very grateful that I've been lucky enough to do that. But so there's been this weird balance of unexpected positive things that have come out of this and horrifically unexpected negative things. And it's just it's been a very strange journey throughout this entire thing. That's cool. I mean, you definitely could have. I mean, for some people, it, it, and I'm not saying it's my situation because it's not, but I mean, for some people, it couldn't have been a worse thing to happen. You know, it's really about what we make of it. And you were able to make very obviously positive things come out of it. Um, you know, for those of us with kids, maybe not so much, but, um, (laughs) no, but, but for some people, I mean, and not to, poo-poo all over what you just said but you know the, the reality is that for some people this was the this was the you know the breaking point for someone's relationship unfortunately you know sure. it was this, no. this unfortunately it's this time and again i'm not i'm not trying to take away from what you experienced because it, it's genuine and it's awesome no no, um, no not at all not at all but the world we live in is that you know for some people it was the it was that maybe and maybe that's a positive that the end of that relationship meant a positive thing because they needed to get out or whatever but um you know, it's it's been a whirlwind for everybody in their own personal way, and that's I, I'm not sure we can. Um, I don't think there's been anything like that for the world's population. In I mean, since maybe the last world war, maybe I don't know. You know, it's, well, we're we're fundamentally changed yes. in a lot of things, and um, it's but. You know, like in times of war, technology takes a surge. Um, innovation has to take a surge. And I kind of think that it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this once this is done, too. And who knows? Maybe, like you're saying, maybe in a week, everyone's going to be like crowding sports bars. And, you know, it's like it's nothing will, you know, but I, it'll be interesting to see just how different there's going to be this is always i think this is going to be the before and and after defining moment of uh an entire generation of people 
Sure. And I don't disagree with you in in any way, shape, or form. I do, though. Like I said, I, I think the, uh, the the this virus that has come about has obviously dominated the conversation because it is the here and now. It's the thing that's driving us the most nuts. I still think. I still think that there's a, a, a legit shot that there will be something else in 2020 that either already has happened or will happen in the future that will be as important, if not more important, by the time it's all said and done. Hmm. Hmm. As far as long-lasting effects on the... Now, that said, you just made a huge argument about how we're fundamentally changed. So I suppose that <laughs> blows my stuff right out of the water. No, no, it, and it doesn't. No, but when you, it's, yeah. it's exactly what you said it was. And it, it, it's 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 certain things to certain people. You know, right. there are some people that it hasn't affected their lives much at all. Right. And there are some people who is li- whose lives will never, ever be the same as a result of this. It yep. just depends on who you are and what your circumstances were. Very true. So for those of you that are future or current, if this is 50 years from now or 100 years from now, <laughs> Uh, historians listening to this saying, oh, this is a really helpful document to give context to what happened then. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, you can send money to our relatives if you want, um, or <laughs> however that works. Well, uh, well, I mean, there's the thing is, is that, I mean, a year from now, l- looking back, for those of us that have you know gone through this, to kind of go back and go, wow, we were just really deep in the weeds on this one, you know? Mm-hmm. how you know because in some cases people have overreacted and then at the end it's like wow we were just going nuts over something that wasn't a big deal mm-hmm. or you know and i'm not trying to say i'm just trying to you know look in you know the past where there have been people that have you know overreacted or underreacted in some cases and i'm certainly not trying to say that 170,000 people was an overreaction because, no but- uh, you know we for the as much as we want to believe that this is like a movie where people find the cure at that last act and then everybody's saved that's just not how this has happened that exactly 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 and, and that's the thing and we, it's we don't know how it's going to well, play out until until it plays out right and this is a, a really good example of how you know people feel during those like for example it's like when we talked about the bombing of hiroshima mm-hmm. you know was that necessary or not well in the context of the time you know we have the luxury of looking back on it as people in the future are going to have the luxury of looking back on this bingo but at that time that sort of unknowing not knowing where this is going to end or how this is going to end this is a perfect uh experience to kind of go uh, is this going to get better? Is it, I mean, we we hope it's going to get better, but how fundamentally changed will the world be because of this? I mean, that that's for anyone to say right now. So. Well, exactly, and 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 it's right. like any assessment. You can't assess it till it's done, and when it when it is done, whenever that is, um, there'll be a lot of after action reports written. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, great conversation. Um, you know, hopefully somebody in the future will find this helpful in their research. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being sure. the eternal optimist. I don't know. But anyway, good stuff. And uh, it's good to talk to you guys. Happy anniversary. Same to you. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. For for all of those that listen, we thank you so, so, so much for for doing your part and sharing what you're listening to and telling your friends and 
all I can say that is over the next year, we have so much more for you. So please stay tuned. Absolutely. And, and please, it. you know, reach out to us and say, hey, you know, uh, I'm one of the Oakland uh, people. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, just talk about, you know, hey, um, what's something that you guys, you know, here's something that you guys could talk about that maybe you haven't talked about before. Or here's an approach to something, you know, something historical or give us some feedback or send us a message and go, wow, you guys got this one wrong. Because sometimes <laughs> we have. Sometimes we've said something that was like, well, I mean, it wasn't 100 percent wrong, but, you know, maybe. 30% consider the, yeah, wrong. Yeah, consider but, this. Right. And if um, you're Tom Hanks listening to this, we really want you on our show. Please. Hi, Tom. Love you. You the man. <laughs> you you never call. <laughs> no, you know what? Seriously, I watched Greyhound this past weekend, and it is fantastic. Better than 1917? Check your Apple TV and definitely watch Greyhound. It's so the great good Tom that Hanks. Tom Hanks has finally done a historical movie that's, that's a <laughs> right, Tom right. Word, You know, I mean. Hatfield, we're trying to get him on. Don't screw this up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Say your Band praises to Tom Hanks. It was amazing, and he was one of the producers. Of course, Saving Private Ryan. Jeez, yeah. that, changed, that changed war cinematography and movies forever. So, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I, I'm being, it's me being a jerk. I, mean, I know. God, it's been 48 episodes. You can, you can yeah. say that again. <sighs> yeah. That. <laughs> All right. Well, let's call it a uh, an episode. We'll come back and try it again next week. Hopefully we'll get back on track, right? Please. Okay, good deal. Now what is going on in the back? Uh, you know what? I don't care. For myself, Jason Rude, Brian Geldmacher in Missouri, and Jason Hatfield in North Carolina, we are the History Bros coming at you one year strong. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you again soon. Tip. Peace out. Bye.